for the word. Amazing, right? There's a couple of cool things about this picture that I just want to bring to light to you. The building he's standing in did not exist three years ago. It's Los Delfinas. The building he's standing in, we stood there with a group of people from New Life and the, some of the crew from Osmar and the Sunshine Kids Club in the street and witnessed and shared the gospel with the people, and we had this idea that we should put a church there. Three years later, there's a building and a man standing there with a Bible in his hand. We are connected to these people. There's another cool thing about this picture. That Bible in his hand was provided by the children of New Life. Tina and her ministry over there, at a certain point in time of the year, they take up offerings and collections to give to missions. They raised over $300 last year, and we used it to buy Bibles in that man's hand. Is that not awesome? Yeah. They're going to do it again this Wednesday night at, at the Gospel Project. They're going to raise money again. So as you, you parents out there, the last, last year when you were taking your kids to Gospel Project and you were digging through your, your purses and your ashtrays and your vehicles looking for change for your kids to give to offering on Wednesday night, that's what it went to, Bibles for these people. We are connected to them. It's not just the kids, it's the ladies. Uh, we have done, uh, the ladies have done some great things for people down there. We got a picture of, we bought sewing machines. They, you guys raised money last year and you bought sewing machines because they have this regulation in Peru and Iquitos that the children can't go to school unless they have a uniform. Some of them can't afford uniforms and it's a lot of money. So we have the lady on the left there, her name, she goes by three names, Anna, Anita, or Annabelle. She is a phenomenal woman who's got lots of skills with the children. She's, a, she's a, on our staff down there, but she's also a master seamstress. And I got the privilege of uh, taking the money that the ladies of New Life raised to buy sewing machines. And it was about as exciting as you can imagine for me to stand in the sewing machine store for about four hours to watch her <laughs> pick these machines out. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I have no idea what they do, but I guess they're top of the line and they make school uniforms. And we got a picture of what happens with, with, in their hands. It's a school uniform. This person can go to school now. And, and it's not only her, but the other kids of the community. So we, you know, we're making disciples, sharing the gospel with children. You know, we're planting churches. People are coming to Christ, handing out Bibles. We're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. So you would think that everything's going to go good, right? Yeah, well, same thing happened down there that happened here. COVID hit. So this happened in late March, early April. And when I say they locked the country of Peru down, they locked the country of Peru down. There were times for quite a while they were not supposed to leave their house. They had military in the streets restricting the movement. Uh, there's two different pictures here mashed together. One is just shows you the military in the street. The other is, there's a, those are called mototaxis. Uh, they were trying to get through to get to wherever they needed to go, more than likely to buy food, and they are not allowed to pass. None shall pass. So when you live in a country and in a culture where a large majority of the population works today for food today, and you stop them from going out, people get hungry. So what happens? We took to our knees in prayer. They took to our knees in prayer. They needed food, so we jumped into action. You guys, in your love, sent money to Peru to give food to these folks. Uh, the thing about it is, you know, if you look in uh, Ephesians, there's, there's something called you know, the, the armor of God, and it talks about 
the schemes of the devil. And when you look at that, when you say the schemes of the devil, there, there's, a, there's a plan. The devil has a plan, right? But so here's the good thing, though, is it's not a very good plan because it's been defeated. Uh, the schemes of the devil, sometimes his, his plan is just to use whatever horrible thing is out there right now for his, his, his advancement, but that's not going to happen because we have the gospel, and the gospel is love, and the gospel breaks through, and, it, and the gospel, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Uh, so, suffering is inevitable, but the advancement of God's plan is unstoppable. So you responded, and we bought a bunch of food, and we also, I, I got a, one picture in here that shows how they, they, when they said don't leave your house, they meant it. This is uh, the, a picture of how the boards, the, like the, their sidewalk over the backwaters of the Amazon, how do they get out of their, the, the community of La Union. They couldn't get there. They put up sheet metal. They, how are you going to get food? Well, we find a way. You guys sent money. We bought food, and the next slide shows the beginning of what was a massive food operation that started in April to get food in the hands of the folks. This is Osmar's truck on the left, and then we had to rent a uh, motor taxi on the right. And we had to, and it was a great work for these folks to get the food in the hands of the people that needed it. Um, I, I don't want to say too much here, but I want to give you some information here. Uh, Osmar, in his uh, ingenuity and creativeness, was able to get his truck out in a pandemic, with a lockdown, and get food to the people. He is a very creative and resourceful person. He has connections. If he can almost, there's the, the city of Iquitos officially, is, it's over half a million for sure. He says it's probably closer to a million because of the, there's so many undocumented people there. There's a lockdown. You can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere in this city. When you talk about half a million people and you can go somewhere with Osmar and the pe people know him, they know him. He's connected. So he had a person that gave him the ability to move around in his truck because it looked like a government truck, and he had a pass because this person, I don't want to divulge this person's identity because <laughs> I don't want to get him in trouble, but they could go through these roadblocks by just by flashing the, the pass that he had, and he could get to the areas that he needed to get to to get the food in the hands of the people. Suffering as a Christian is inevitable. The plan of God is unstoppable. Amen. Amen. Because love breaks through. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So this is the, what it looked like uh, to, for his truck to be full. And the next slide shows you the joy in people's faces to be part of God's plan and to receive the food that was needed. I want to ask you just a question. Uh, state it like this. Give us this day our daily bread, right? How many times have we said that prayer? When was the last time you actually had to pray that prayer when you said Lord, give me this day my daily bread. I need it. There were places where our folks went to their houses and they hadn't been without food for two and three days. They, they didn't know where they were going to get their next meal. But your love and God's love connected with the people down there, shone through, and we got them the things they need. The guy on the left there is Piero with a big smile. It's contagious. You just can't help be around that guy and, be, and just be joyful. He is a great servant of, of God. He is one of our staff. We're going to be sending him up the river to different communities that have opened up to us for the advancement of the gospel since the pandemic started. Uh, it's opened all kinds of doors because, you see, we are in a unique situation here. 
we don't do missions the way we used to do missions back in the 1970s and in the 80s and some of the 90s too. We say things like we're one church in multiple locations, and that's true. We have here, we're downtown, but we're also in Lima. We're also in Iquitos in two different locations. So, but we partner with people down there to be in areas where there is no gospel, no access to the gospel. And when you partner with these nationals, the Peruvians like Osmar, when things hit like Corona, he stays. And when you stay with people during a time like this, your credibility goes from here with everybody else and every other mission agency that's down there, your credibility goes to this, to this. You went through a shared hardship with those people, and you didn't have to come home. And I know there's a lot of missionaries that would, they would have done anything they could to have stayed where God called them, but they couldn't stay because their mission boards brought them home. That didn't happen here. We do things a little differently here. Uh, so we stayed. The advancement of the gospel is uh, going to go forward even greater now that this has happened. Uh, the next picture shows us of our facility in Lima. Uh, it's just it's a building, and in the inside we've got food. It shows the, how much uh, the food was given into Lima. The same thing, we did the same thing there. Uh, next slide, Kaylin, shows the food. There you go. So it's, it's, it's a functional building. It's a house, place of worship during the evening and on the weekends, but uh, during the week we were bagging up food and sending it to people. They were in community, and that allowed them to have connections in Lima as well. Believe it or not, Osmar has connections in Lima. He had made some phone calls, and he got with some of his friends in Lima, and they were able to skirt around the restrictions in that, in that, in that huge city of Lima. There are like 12 million people in Lima. He got around that too, and we got food to the folks in Lima. Uh, The thing that makes all this unique is to watch God move. Uh, we are praying all the time for our folks, and I, and I urge you to pray for them too, because they're praying for us. They prayed for us constantly during this, this time of pandemic. The next slide should show a prayer meeting. This was taken in early morning hours before they would, were going to go out and distribute the food. These are folks that they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for their, their people, for people to come to know Christ. They prayed for you here during this time. They are prayer warriors. We are prayer warriors too. But uh, the thing I'd like to point out is uh, uh, they prayed like the advancement of the gospel depended on God, but they worked like it depended on them. They, did, they put them both together. They are warriors, warriors in prayer. And when you're a warrior, don't forget to put on your armor of God. The next picture says it all. Kalen, next picture, armor of God. There we go, boom. <laughs> this is what happens when you, when you get with these kids, man. They, they just soak it up. I just, I just had to throw this slide in there because I think it's so cool. I mean, the, the, the little girl is terrifying, right? Look at, look at <laughs> She's so terrifying, the guy, the little boy's like, I'm going to keep my eye on her. But you know what? That prayer, God hears our prayers, and victory is, we have victory. Uh, you've heard me say it all the time, and Rodney would be, he'd be disappointed in me if I didn't say this. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. The victory was won at the cross. That's where we fight from. Uh, uh, the next slide shows uh, the, the pandemic being unlocked. This is the youth group finally being able to meet. Uh, that, this is sheer joy. I mean, the joy of after being locked down and not being able to go to work, 
being able to get together again in the building and worship God, this is what victory looks like. They are so happy to be back together, just like we're happy to be back together too. So things are starting to get back to normal. We are doing back into ministry full-time down there. Here's a picture of Edwin doing a baby dedication. Things are moving forward. Uh, we have a, a Bible study. There's the next slide is a picture of a, the, a Bible study that's going on with the youth group. And that's a guy named Reuben. He's leaving it, leading the Bible study. And I, so I, how much, I, I, I could talk about Peru for like an hour and a half. I got to make sure I watch my time here. But uh, uh, go back to that slide, Caitlin. That one there. Okay, Reuben, he's from Ecuador. He's on our staff down there. He's a phenomenal young man. God is using him in a great way with the youth. This is taken during the, the pandemic. They're allowed to get back in the building here at this point. For a while there, they weren't, being, they weren't allowed to be in buildings and worship, just like there were parts of America where we couldn't be in the buildings either. And I'm reminded of, uh, <laughs> during this time, we couldn't get in the building. What happened was, Ruben and Piero, they start going to the houses in the community, and they start small groups <laughs> in, the, in the communities. You can't come to us, we're going to you. So they, we, the gospel continues to spread by creating small groups in the community. So the lockdown that the devil was using was now creating more places. Does that remind you of anything? Stephen was preaching the gospel, the apostle Paul held the coats, Stephen was stoned, the, the Jews were, the Christians were scattered, they founded the church of Antioch, Paul goes to Antioch, and the church that Paul helped found sent him out on mission. It's the same thing happening here, minus the stoning, praise God. But yeah, Reuben is being used, and small groups are being started. Uh, we've, since we've opened the the team has really doubled down on the youth ministry of what's going on. The next slide shows a uh, youth conference. This has actually happened this last week uh, where they're, uh, they had it in. This was in La Union, and they're working with the youth. And it's not just uh, come and gather in a holy huddle. We, are, we, didn't, we don't just bring them into a building and just do, have a Bible study. We're equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what we want to do here, right? Equip you for the work of the ministry to get out in our communities to make his name known. The next slide shows the, the youth getting out into the community. Uh, they're going out door to door and, they're, and inviting people to come to church. One of the things that I'd like to point out here is uh, when God gets a hold of a person's heart with the gospel, communities change. When God gets a hold of a person's heart, people to the people's heart in a community, their community changes. Gospel advancement brings about social change. That's what we focus on, gospel advancement. When we advance the gospel, the change in society and, commu and in communities takes place that we want to see. The next slide shows a picture. This was recently also. Some of you may have seen it on Facebook. This is Liz. This is Pastor Roberto's wife in Lima. And she is actually, this isn't a stage picture. This, she is leading someone to the Lord in this picture. So there is another saint in heaven because of the faithfulness of you supporting the ministry down there and the faithfulness of our staff down there. It's exciting stuff to be a part of. It's a privilege. Now, the next slide I want to show you about, some of you have heard of giants of the faith, I mean, Billy Graham, Elizabeth Elliot, uh, Francis Chan, you name it. But this is a person right here I want to introduce you to. Her name is Mogli Ramirez, and I consider this young girl a giant of faith. She has a story. Now, she's in her early 20s. She is an employee of us. She's part of our, our ministry down there. 
at the Sunshine Kids Club in Nueva Vida. She is the den mother. She takes track of all the finances. She keeps everybody on an even keel. She keeps the direction of the ministry going in the, on the ground down there. She is a very talented young woman, and she loves Jesus, and she loves kids, and God is using her in a great and mighty way. I, her involvement in what's going down there is so critical, and it's so awesome. But I want to tell you something though, about her. She wants to serve, and she came to me earlier in the year, and she said, Chuck, I have an opportunity to go be a translator for a medical team that's coming to Peru. Can I go? I said, well, when is it? She said, it's uh, right around March 10th. And I said, well, Mogli, you know I'm coming down there at the end of March, early April, because we have a lot of things going on, and we want, we've got some opportunities to maybe plan another church. I want to make sure you're back by then. She goes, yeah, I'll be back. I mean, it's only like seven, ten days, no big deal. Okay. Yeah, so Mogli packed her bags for ten days, and she went ye into the jungle for ten days. She was there for five months. The team that she went with, the doctors from the United States that she was with, they got repatriated. They flew back to the States, left her standing in Puerto Maldonado in the southern part of Peru. She was stuck there. And she was a young girl in her <laughs> 20s, and God protected her. But not only that, God used her. This is her working. At, she found an orphanage in the town. God used her to work in the orphanage that she was there. She also worked with the elderly, and she was there for five months spreading the love of Christ. You know, when you make, have lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah, it's, it's, this woman is phenomenal. It is a privilege to partner with her in the gospel. I, I just love her so much. She's so awesome. So what is next? We have, I, the reason I was going to go down there, and obviously I couldn't go because of what the pandemic, uh, I couldn't get down there in late March and, and April because we have an opportunity to expand the ministry in a, the region of Cusco. We went there and did a short little scouting mission uh, in last year in, in the middle of the summer. Uh, this is in a, a town called Ojaitantambo. It's hard to say that. It's got like the entire alphabet in it. The, but uh, this is a different type of people. They're the Quechuan people in the mountains of the Andes. And the, the picture on the right is, you can see, that is an orphanage there. And the people in the middle, uh, there's a couple in there. They're, they're Henry and Vita. God has burdened on their heart to do a kids' club there and have a Nueva Vida near Cusco. That is something I really want you to pray about. Because God is opening the door. All the basic pieces are there. The man on the lower left corner there in, this, in the picture on the right, that he's kind of got a, he's follically challenged. He's, he, he, is a, he is a retired law enforcement officer from the town of Cusco. It, and uh, he's, God has moved in his heart to move out there and, and run this orphanage, and he is willing to have this facility right there in the orphanage itself. So I really want you to pray about that. This is a, the picture on the right there. I, if I was... If I knew anything about Photoshop, I'd take that goofy-looking gringo out of the middle. But uh, I'm talking about Greg, too, not, I mean, in the background. <laughs> the, but that's, uh, that's the kids, the Quechuan kids there, the, me and Osmar and Greg in the background. That, those are the kids we want to reach. There's nothing in the little towns there near Ojaidantambo. And God is opening those doors. I want you to really, really pray about that because 
the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Exactly. The next slide shows just a quick picture. These are the, the leaders of uh, uh, Los Delfines. He's in the middle. That his name is Ronald. Edwin on the right, and of course you recognize Osmar there on the left. Um, pray for them. I, I beg you to pray for them. Pray for the ministry down there. God is using them in a great and mighty way for His glory. Uh, they they go through a lot to do what they're doing. Um, just in the last year, one of their houses was broken into. Uh, in the last year, uh, one of the, the, the Ronald in the middle he woke up one night, uh, late at night, uh, and they had witch doctors outside their house doing their chants and everything because they didn't like what was happening in the community of Los Delfinas. It's real, folks. This isn't just something you read about. This is real stuff. You are a part of this. That's why we have things like Kingdom Builders so you can give to them. So, I mean, if everybody was a missionary, then nobody would be a missionary. But there's a reason why we do what we do. We're equipping these people for the work of the ministry. Pray for those folks. The next slide... This is a typical little slide. This is Osmar. Uh, one, one of the times we were down there, we said, uh, uh, Osmar, Osmar convinced me, he said, we have to go to Lima. We have to go do what we needed to do for ministry there to be with Roberto. And he said, how long are we going to be gone? Just a few days. We're not going to carry on. Just pack a backpack. That is the backpack that Osmar packs. It's one of those little cinch sacks with a uh, little Exploradores logo on it. But I, I put this picture up here for another reason, too. Uh, when God in his sovereignty places you in partnership with the gospel with this man, that is what you end up looking at the majority of the time because he is a fireball and he is hard to keep up with. He is constantly on the go for the advancement of the kingdom of God for the gospel. So right now what I'd like to do is to let you hear from him in person. He sent us a video for today. Hi, New Life family. Greetings from Iquitos, Peru. For me, it's a joy and a privilege to come before you guys to the scream of the church. To the, I know you're seeing me now, but I'm so happy that you are here at your house, at the place where you belong, where we worship and we praise Jesus. My name is Osmar, and I'm going to share you about what's happening in Peru. So starting this year, everything was going good with the kids and their families so in the kids ministry and the church has been growing in the process of this time but and then by the by the month of march the president start start declaring uh state uh, the country into emergency because of the covid covid 19 has impacted many people many lives and many people die in iquitos in lima in everywhere in Peru. So things before the, the COVID-19 was people were doing their own activities. We were starting kids program, the churches are meeting. But when the COVID-19 came, it was kind of big hit because the government started making rules that not gathering people, not going the street to the point there was uh, police in the street walking and search and looking for people who are outside their home because they were saying, if you, if you stay home, the virus will not get you into your house. So, but uh, people in the beginning, they were doing fine because they were, there was like a, uh, this, we were, they were scared of the, of the COVID and everything that was happening here. But and also with the time, we're supposed to be only in lack, 
lacking our, lacking our house for 15 days. But that 15 days, it turned into five months. And then you were wondering what people will do five months inside their homes. Of course, spend time with the family, with the kids, with everyone there. But what the church is going to do? What you, what you will do in this situation? So that's how the SKC ministry with New Life Fellowship, we become into an action. So people from during that time, they will start spending their savings into food, you know, in things bringing for the family. But also, they were, who are about those people who, they, who, they, who work every day to bring food into their homes? There's where we get into action. So we, we start with your support, with, with everything that you have been doing, with, with the people who are supporting to buy food. We will start doing like a food distribution. Every week we were going someplace to go with the food away, just to see the smile of the people. Even so, sometimes the people, they were not having enough food in their place. They start, they start doing like a, a writing, like they start breaking in stores just to get the food from there so they can bring food, a uh, piece of bread or rice for the family and the kids. So the, the thing was becoming a chaos in the city. But praise God, the God will start opening the door through you, through your support. We start impacting many lives. We have, we have given away more than a, the, the 2,000 bags of food. Everywhere in Iquitos, in La Unión, Los Delfines, in Lima, we were able to reach so many families. Not only with the bag of food, we only we also reached them with a message of hope and salvation for the family and the kids. They're knowing that God is with them. So there has been a big impact and big blessing. We have some videos in our in, in our YouTube in our YouTube page in the SKC Iquitos, Peru. And also, that allow us to open the, uh, the door for many families to share the gospel with them. And, and after, after that four or five months be locked in, many, many families, they decide to open their home so we can have like a Bible study. We can have, we start sharing the message with them. And, that, and doing that with, uh, with our pastors, with our leaders here in Peru, visiting their families, that will start becoming, a, uh, start bringing a revival. A revival of the gospel in their homes, and then when we start, when we open the church service, and that was like almost a month, a month and a half ago, when we started our first worship service with the people in our church. We have our all our churches, all our places. They were packed because of people. They were hungry for the gospel because you know, in time of needs, where we were going outside, reaching the, reaching the people, sharing the good news of salvation to them. That's what New Life Peru, that's what the HKC Peru is doing, impacting many lives, impacting many families. And also that opened, that opened the door also to go up the river, to go sh share the good news of salvation to the kids, to the families, to everyone there in the communities at the Nanay River. So what about them? Who is thinking about them? Who is gonna reach them? That's where we're gonna become into in action, going up the river, in the Amazon River, reaching more people for the gospel. And then we have people ready. We have Pastor Edwin, we have Piero, we have our missionary Ruben that is working with us too, and our youth group who is ready to go and share the good news of salvation. In, in our three locations, in Los Delfines, La Unión, in Lima, during this time of pandemic, 120 people give their life to Jesus. Is that good news? That amazes me. If that not make you happy, 
<laughs> you know, that has to make you happy because <laughs> that's why we're here to celebrate that when one life comes to the feet of Jesus, there is party in heaven and Jesus is rejoicing with them. And we have to rejoice with us to one, one another while we are here. Family, friends, you that are looking at me, let's keep impacting many lives. Let's keep reaching many people with the gospel. And this is the opportunity. I love you guys and thank you for hearing this message. And I, we send our love and prayers. We receive the greetings from my wife, Nicole, from my kids, Logan, from Emery, and our, and our baby that is very soon is gonna be born, Isa Liling. So I'm excited, I'm gonna have a baby girl. So yeah, I'm excited. So, and also receive the love and the greetings for our Peru team, our SKC team. So thank you so much, guys. I love you all. And let's get on fire and share the good news of salvation, not only Peru, around the world and in the United States, but first, they have to start in our house, in our homes, with our kids, with our loved ones. God bless you. I love it when he says, party in heaven. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a privilege to be in partnership with the gospel with him. It, it's, his his, his uh, enthusiasm is contagious. So in closing, uh, I'm going to uh, close with this question. Why are we doing this? Why? Why, are, why do we concern ourselves with, with this idea of missions? Uh, we do it because he's worthy. Our Savior is worthy. He's worthy of worship. He's, he's worthy of not just our worship. He's worthy of their worship. He's worthy of the whole world's worship. Uh, missions exist because worship doesn't, right? Remember we talked about that first thing? Uh, uh, we want the people to prove to know Jesus, and we want the communities where there is no gospel and no access to the gospel to have that so worship can start to happen. So you can sit there and you can ask yourself this, okay, uh, where do you fit into all this? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, praying, giving, or going, you can fit into one of those categories. Praying, giving, or going. Some of you can fit into all of those categories. Some of you can fit into just two of them. Praying, giving, and going. We cover your prayers. Pray for the ongoing ministry down there. Pray for those folks that are out there. Pray for their safety. Pray for the advancement of the gospel. And pray for the expansion of the gospel. Can we go to Cusco? I don't know. Maybe God is going to open that door. I think he is. I, I, all the nuts and bolts and the pieces are there. I think we can get in the Don Tambo area. I really believe we can. I know he's also opening up doors up the river. Because we stayed and we we're distributing these food, people are coming from all over the place, and they're asking us to come up to river, and they're telling us the places we can go. So pray for the expansion of the, the, the gospel. Pray for the folks down there. We have Kingdom Builders coming up. This is all funded. This expansion will be funded through Kingdom Builders. We need your help. We're, it's going to happen in, in November. So be praying about that. The other thing is going. You can go there. That plane, that, that, uh, that, that wing of that aircraft, that's taken from the seat, my seat on the airplane going into Iquitos. You can see the city of Iquitos down there on the left-hand side. That's the Amazon. That's the river basin right there. You can go, and I can guarantee you it will change your life. You can go down there with me for a short trip next summer once we finally get the borders of Peru open back up. Maybe God's calling you somewhere full-time in missions. That's why, we, that's why you come here, right? Gather, we worship, we equip the saints for the work of the ministry. This isn't some holy huddle we want to have. We want to go ye into the world, right? That's, maybe God is calling you into that. Pray, give, or go. You can fit into one of those categories. Uh, 
So I'm going to close with this. Uh, I'm going to read for you part of uh, Revelation chapter 5. Relax, I'm not going to start preaching a sermon right now. But I want to, this is why. We, why we go, because God is worthy. This is one of my favorite passages. And it always touches me when I read this. I just love it. Revelation chapter 5. Let me set the, the stage here a little bit. There, there's, a, there's a key thing in this, in this passage I'm about to read. There's a scroll in it. And the scroll is, is representative of the deed to this earth. That's the deed to this earth. It was given to Adam at the beginning. And Adam sinned, and he lost the deed to this earth. And he, we don't have it here on earth anymore. But God came, Jesus came, and he's redeemed us to be in heaven with him to get that deed back. And John, in this part of Revelation, is having a vision. You're getting a, pulling the veil back of heaven, and you're seeing what's happening in the throne room of God here. And God the Father has got this scroll in his hand, the deed to this earth that he originally gave to Adam. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly. No one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David is conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw the lamb standing as though he had been slain, with seven horns, with seven eyes, and seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, out of the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, and every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders, the voices of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Do you know that slain lamb? Because if you do not know the slain lamb, you are going to be like the Apostle John says in verse 4, and I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll. That's what it will look like in heaven if you do not know that slain lamb. That slain lamb came to get the deed back. He came to redeem you and I. So if you do not know that slain lamb, today is the day of salvation. We want to introduce you to that slain lamb. If you don't know Jesus, get with the person on your left or your right and ask him who he is. Who is that slain lamb? Ask them, that person on your left or right, to introduce you to Jesus. 
And if your stomach just did a little flip-flop in your belly because you're afraid that somebody's going to ask you how to know the slain lamb, get in your Bible. Because you need to be able to explain the slain lamb to somebody. You need to be able to proclaim the gospel because that's why we're here. We're here to proclaim his name because why? He is worthy. Do you know him? Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just join our hearts right now and we just praise you for who you are. You are worthy. Lord, we love you. And we just pray that you're glorified in everything that's said and done in Peru. We just pray that you're glorified in everything that's said and done here in Aberdeen. I just pray that you continue to use Osmar and his folks down there to continue to guide and direct their paths and to continue to make your name known. We just praise you and we love you for all that you have done for us. We just thank you for being that slain lamb. We just thank you for redeeming us because we are unworthy people, but you are a worthy God. We love you. Thank you, Lord. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray this message connected with you, and we hope it gave you another way to connect with Jesus and your New Life family. For more ways to get plugged in here at New Life, you can visit our website at www.newlifeaberdeen.org. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.